Have you made an honest review? Jump onto fifthwrist.com and read real takes by real owners about their watches. And of course, get involved and write about what's on your wrist. Fifthwrist.com is your independent space to talk watches. Here we go, recording. Hello. Welcome back to Fifth Wrist Radio. You're talking to, well, you're listening to, you're not talking to anybody. You're listening to Robin the Regulator. And as usual, we've got no clue. Um, we've got Alex here somewhere. Hi, Alex. How are you? Good evening. Good evening. I'm here. Yeah. We get less of a clue than the normal. It's evening. It's very sophisticated. Yes. But yeah. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Um, professional. No, no, that's fine. That's, that's that done. So, what a really, 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 really quick story here before we go on to something else. I've, I, I, I think I just explained to you a bit of it before. I, I read a book. <laughs> funny way to start a, start a podcast. In Geneva, I, I found Terrible a book in, in an English. Ah, stop. Stop. Okay, stop. 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 Was it pop up and scratch and sniff wrong? Are you, did you stop that recording? That sucks. Uh, oh, did you have an amusing pair of 3D glasses to wear? Okay, let's just forget that bit. We'll just, we'll, I'll do an intro for everybody and then I'll just, yeah. You've done the I'll intro do already. What are you talking about? No, I haven't. That's no intro. You did? No, I'm not going to use that. <laughs> no, it's too late. Oh, this is it. This is him. Are you serious? Okay. Yeah. We've got Paul Carter here with us. Hi, Paul. That's good. good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Ooh. Was that supposed to be a Scottish accent you did there? I grew up in, I grew up in, in Scotland, Alex. Yeah. Well, what part um, of Scotland? Well, in the Granite, in the granite City in, in, in Aberdeen. Oh, that's like proper Scotland. Well, it's not snobby Scotland like oh, Edinburgh, no. and it's not. I'm not a Ouija. Um, yeah, like me. So you're hang, like, hang, 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 no, hang. No, no, no offense, no offense. <laughs> as he, as he, as he pulls a Stanley knife out of his pocket, I'll fucking stab you! I'll fucking stab you! We In all know face. you. You slash someone with a Stanley knife. You don't stab them. So you've obviously been out of Scotland for quite a while. But that's okay. Look, I, hang I, on. I appreciate the correction. I'm, I'm actually from London. I just, I was raised up in Aberdeen and and, and holidayed with with my disturbed high-functioning sociopathic father in a remote part of the Scottish Highlands, which was just a big, terrifying Stanley Kubrick-esque experience. But I have fond memories of Scotland. <laughs> did, did you ever go to Stonehaven? Shut up, Rob. Did you ever go to Stonehaven? Oh, Stonehaven, yes. I yeah. know Stonehaven. And did you ever go to the castle near Stonehaven that I can't remember the name of now? My, my sister got married in that fucking castle. That is how amazing a castle is that. Whatever it's called, it's an amazing, it's an amazing whatever that castle's called is it's probably the most stunning castle I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I've, I've got fond memories of that. I, 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 I can't remember the name of it. I remember the only memory I have is getting there in a kilt in my first time wearing 16 meters of fabric around my waist. <laughs> yeah. And it was the my sister's new husband's father who's from Grant, was from Granton on Spay. Um, it, you need to picture a guy from that movie with the werewolves when he comes up to Rick Mail and goes, keep off the moor, stick to the roads, <laughs> that guy. Okay, yeah. With, with wild gray hair and small round glasses, he's screwing a mirror in, into a walking stick with a, with a threaded end so he could position his mirror rather like we do these days looking for bombs under cars he was making sure that all the men at the wedding uh, were tackle out so to speak and not wearing any underpants wow uh, doesn't sound he, creepy he, at all it, it was a traditional thing because apparently it's bad luck if you're um wearing your underwear of course i had my my tidy whities on because that fabric is heavy and itchy and irritating to one's bell end because the little purse 
that you keep your Stanley knife in was pushing against my junk. And I, I mean, was your wearing my, my sorry, my sparring. And, and typically it's a Scottish thing. They, I, they gave me a, a shank to put in my sock. Sorry. Skin do my fucking skin do. I was about 11 or 12 years old. I had to step out of my tidy whities in front of God and everyone and my mother and, 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 and then I'm stood there clutching my, my underpants, which I then stuffed into my sparring. Yeah. And spent the whole time scratching my bollocks because it was just, it was, wasn't comfy, mate. I don't know if that's a good start to a wedding or a terrible start to a wedding. It's a, it's a great start to the podcast, let me it tell you. It is a great start to a podcast, Rob. Are Rob's still there. <laughs> Welcome, Rob. Rob's still there. Thank you. Yeah, we've got two Scottish guys on here banging on already about freaking kilts and spurns and or whatever they are. But for people that don't know, I mean, we haven't got... We haven't mentioned watches yet. Probably won't for quite a few minutes yet. But we're um, Paul Carter is is look him up. Basically, he's an author. He's an ex oil rig worker. He's an artist. He's a oh, a good bloke. Basically, he's a good mate. We, we, I I, I want to just go through this really quick little thing about how I I found a book in an English speaking bookshop in in um, in Geneva ten years ago. Probably picked it up because I was intrigued by the title, which said. Um, don't tell mum I work on the rig. She thinks I'm a piano player in a whorehouse. That was the title of the book. And I read this book by this dude. And it was really funny. Good book. Anyway, 10 years later, I come over here to Perth five years ago. One day, this guy rocks into the shop I was managing in and wanted to look at watches. Didn't buy a watch either. Wasted my time. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I went upstairs and we had a good old chat. And as I usually, I, just, well, I was just more interested in having a chat than selling anything anyway. Uh, and turned out to be this, he said, uh, I asked him what he was and what his name was. And I'm Paul, I, what do you do? I'm, a, I'm an author. And then he talked about his books. I said, I've read that freaking book uh, the, uh, years ago. And he said, oh, it's awesome. So we had chatted a bit more and he, he bought it the next day, bought it in the next book, the next book or two, I think, one of a couple of other books. And it turns out he's written, like, you've written, what, four books, isn't it? And with something like two million sold. Anyway, since then, I've kept in touch. It's probably four, four, four years ago, I suppose. We've kept in touch. We have a couple of mates in common, actually, it turns out. And um, yeah, we, we catch up pretty relatively regularly. But uh, this is Paul, citizen of the world, been over the shop. Obviously, he's been over a bit of time in Scotland as a young fella. Been out here in Perth for the last fair while anyway. Since you're, what, 15, 16, something, Paul? It's uh, um, 14 glorious years in Perth. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. That's all. Okay. But then he... um. He did actually end up buying a watch off it, but not in that shop, basically. And we, we've talked to watches a few times and he has a couple of interesting little pieces. Anyway, we'll get onto that later on. We haven't yet done a drink check, gentlemen. So we've got to get through that first. Didn't you say Paul was hungover? I've, I'm right now. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, crushing, I'm crushing up Nurofen and, and uh, swiping them, the crushed up powder, onto the top of a fine single malt whiskey uh, nice. because I went out and got... Uh, got just munted at lunch and then came home as you do ignored my family i passed out drunk on the sofa and sobered up enough in time to to try and figure out how to use a laptop but here i am you really are an author i so am alex (laughs) you're really throwing yourself into the lifestyle good on you yeah well you've got to as an artist you need to embrace the horror so you're drinking scott what 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 what, what, what's got you drinking uh do i ask mccallan 12 Oh, you're big on Macallans. That's right. Oh, yes. Post acquisition Macallan. Can't afford Ac- to drink. Uh, Pre acquisition Macallan. Acquisition by who? LVMH? Who, who owns that? Um, who owns Macallan? I don't, I don't know. Some revolting anyway. foreign company bought that big beautiful cool. distillery and just shat all over <laughs> everything. 
It's good. Well, we know just as little about alcohol as we do about watches. So that's watches. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the key being not getting too drunk, not to be able to tell the time anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alex normally drink just for info, Paul. Alex normally drinks everything in pints. So whether it's a scotch or a red wine or whatever, it's a pint. Don't let me down, Alex. What are you drinking? Pint of red. <laughs> Pint of red. Is that all? Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Oh. It's not my first one, but... No, okay. No, but I... I I'm, on ha- I'm, on, I'm working half shifts just now, so I finish at half one. So my drinking oh. does start a little bit earlier than normal. Right. Oh, I'm picturing a, a hairy-chested man just bare-chested in his lounge room, holding a, a pint of red in one hand and a, and a, and a severed head in the other. Uh, yeah, accurate. accurate. <laughs> no, I mean, you've got part of it right. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm actually doing the drinking equivalent of double wristing because Alex sometimes turns up with two drinks. has a pint of red and a pint of scotch or whatever as well, or a bottle of scotch to get through. So I actually grabbed a, I grabbed a beer and then I've got a, a little glass of um whiskey but I hate, I hate to say it but it's actually japanese whiskey there's nothing wrong with japanese whiskey it's okay i'm, I'm glad we clarified that the double wristing isn't a metaphor for something <laughs> <laughs> so devil's wristing is wearing two watches for watch guys well one on each wrist so yeah it's nothing yet nothing no other wrist action and that's double wristing is it that that's where it, drinking two drinks or wearing two watches at the same time well wearing uh, two what, watches yes what it's not about i don't know about drinks. double double what? park is that not what they say for two drinks in australia <laughs> possibly possibly it's just drinking yeah, okay, in scotland don't we have a name for it you didn't ask what beer. You got again. you've got a wacky changi <laughs> thirsty i'm i'm fucking thirsty <laughs> i have i have a wacky changi yes it's brilliant have you have you i'm trying, we're trying to get a sponsorship deal paul from any any alcohol really um so anytime we're drinking something we sort of say the name about 10 times to try and get a try and get them to send us some free grog hasn't happened yet but no. i have this brilliant little kiwi beer called waka changi <laughs> go and look it up it's great stuff they have brilliant ads on youtube anyway and my nicker whiskey from the barrel i don't know what it is to nicker whiskey anyway um we still start talking about watches probably well what are you wearing on, on your wrist i mean not under your kilt um <laughs> yeah get get the mirror and what? the stick out rob he's shirtless in a kilt what are you wearing on your wrist Gentlemen, uh, anyway, anyone go? Not normally the, the, the guest goes first. Oh, does he? Okay. Yeah. Okay, Paul, what are you wearing on your wrist? What do you, what do you got on? Uh, you got a watch on? Right, now, have? right now, gentlemen, I, I'm sporting a uh, Seiko Captain Willard reissue. Oh, cool. I was hoping you were. Yeah, okay. Which I love dearly. That seems watch. like a good kind of watch to get drunk wearing. <laughs> my, yeah, my full intention is to keep wearing this, keep drinking, and then go and look for Colonel Kurtz. <laughs> yeah, I think Car- Colonel Kurtz was a bit more of a party animal, though, right? Was he? Interestingly, uh, Kurtz's watch went up for auction about two months ago. Marlon Brando's personal Pepsi GMT. Yeah. Everyone uh, saw that, I think. Yeah, yeah. crudely written. In Brando, uh, something right. is, is, is it Brando? I, th- I would have, I would have assumed it would have been something like Watch Yourself or uh, you know Pig's Ass or something like that. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> that and, and, um, what caught me about that story was. Coppola was filming those scenes when the Willard character catches up with him to, to kill him. And um, I'm, I'm assuming you gentlemen are familiar with the film. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's all that lunacy and, and beautifully shot and uh, you know, mm. proper work of art and you know, with Dennis Hopper off his face. And it's just all mesmerizing. And apparently, um, because Brando had porked up a bit and he was supposed to be this hardcore 
you know, super fit special forces colonel. And he was kind of, you know, two liters of ice cream three times a day overweight. So they decided to shoot all of the Brando scenes in near darkness, which would have been hard to light. Uh, I did notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Illuminating all of those shots and, and keeping the narrative going for, for the protagonist would have been hard. And he's so he's sort of languishing around in his little angry cave. Um, and his, his GMT bezel kept catching the light and, and, and ruining the shot. And the DOP said, you know, we've got to change the watch out. So Coppola light, very politely asked Brando to take his watch off or swap it out for another watch. And he refused. And he said, well, look, it's, it's catching the light and ruining all the shots. Uh, and we're only doing this because, you know, you porked That's up, you lazy prat. And he, he said, well, I'm not taking the watch off. And he said, well, can you, can you do something? So he picked up a knife. Um, an SOG knife that was used as it was part of the props. It was sitting on the on the bed near the bed on the bedside table. He picked it up and and prized the bezel off the watch, which wanged off into the distance and no one found it again. And and that's the story why Brando's watch was bezelless because they lost mm. it on set as just a, an argument between a director and an actor. So that we'll come, we'll come back to that Seiko later, I think. But um, what 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 are you? No, hang on, just go with it now. What, what, how did you come about that watch? What, why that why that one in particular? I mean, I know you're a bit of a history buff, Paul, but um, why that particular particular Seiko, and how did you come about it? Because they're that's pretty an rare excellent these days. question, Rob. <laughs> Thank you. Um, this is first one ever. I, it's my only I one. Just lo- I just learned what the big hand does. My, my eight-year-old explained it to me. So to be serious, I, 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 I always coveted the thought of one day having, having a nice watch. And, and the industry that I grew up in, uh, in oil and gas on the drill floor, you, you just, you didn't wear jewelry. You didn't wear a wristwatch because in, those, in the good old days, uh, guys would lose digits on a regular basis and a wristwatch or a ring uh, would, would easily get caught up in the, in the equipment or, you know, the tools that being used on the drill floor. So it was always just drummed into me. No, no, no jewelry of any kind. So, um, and the, uh, the, the, the juxtaposition to that was in, in, in oil and gas in those days, everybody rocked a Rolex, not because it was a Rolex, but because it, it could be dumped for cash quickly so that you could get out of the third world toilet that you're working in. If you lost everything. So ironically, a lot of guys wore the uh, Rolexes around a bit of paracord or something down inside their coveralls and, and not anywhere near their hands. So I, I, I watched, I grew up, I grew up with looking at GMTs and I looked at day dates and lots of subs. And uh, I thought, oh, well, one day, you know, like, like everything, if you're going to buy something, you wait until you can afford what you really want. So I just did, I did without a watch for, for decades. I wanted my father's watch, but I never got it after he passed away. I, I turned I turned his place upside down looking for his speedy. He was a Royal Air Force pilot and had a, a first generation Omega uh, Speedmaster broad arrow. And I couldn't find wow. it. Yeah, we, I, I don't know what happened to it. I found all his other bits and bobs and his right down to his dog tags and flight suits and helmets and you name it. But not not his watch. <clears throat> anyway, um, I was really keen on, a, on, a, on getting a Rolex. So I, I bought a I bought a GMT to a 2006, uh, and and I loved it and didn't take it off and, and you know it got dinged and motorcycle racing and you know big get offs and high sides and all that stuff and the watch is great I couldn't have afforded it but I always loved the D- Daytona uh, bec- only because um, I'd heard the story about the uh, competition between 
the people that uh, responded to the tender from uh, NASA during the Mercury early early stages of Mer of the Mercury uh, campaign after Kennedy announced they were going to put a man on the moon within the decade. Uh, and NASA had come in as, as not a military organization, but everybody they vetted to go on the program was from from the military. And so um, the argument was occurring between the former Nazi rocket scientists and the American test pilots, et cetera, about um, you're going to just stick us in a can, shoot us into, we might as well be the monkey or that fucking Russian dog. You know, we, we need to have control of the spacecraft and we need to be able to fly it manually and we need we need a window. And there was a huge argument. And finally, they gave in and said, OK, you can have flight capability and you can uh, steer the aircraft if that's how we get you in the in the spaceship. Part of that was that, the you know, obviously there were no computers at the time. So they would have, have to have done very complex calculations in situ, which required having a, a mechanical uh, chronograph to do, to do those complex calculations so they could fly the spaceship if they needed to. So that became a thing. And they said, right, we'll just put a tender out and everybody can submit their um, relative timepieces for, for, for pilot navigation. And they had to be manual because there's no, because the atmosphere issue. So Breitling, I believe, submitted a Navi timer and, uh, and Rolex got, got, they thought, wow, this is it. This is, woof, man, we're going to do it. And, and this is the story I heard. They, they, uh, they, sub they submitted the, uh, the day, the, what we know as today is the Daytona, um, but it wasn't called the Daytona uh, when they submitted it. It was called the. Help me out, Rob. What was it called? Cosmograph, maybe. Cosmograph. Cosm thank you, the Cosmograph. And thinking, oh, we've got this one in the bag. This is all stitched up, you know. And obviously, they chose uh, the, uh, the 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 you know the two hundred dollar Omega, which was, had been already released and was designed for motor racing, uh, but it passed all the tests. And so uh, that that was the that was the watch. And and so Rolex went bloody hell. What what are we going to do? Well, let's let's do motor racing like, like they did. Um, so we'll start sponsoring motor racing, and they they picked the Daytona 500. And then uh, you all know the story. Paul Newman's wife mm. bought him one, and it turned into yep. this you know super. And I coveted one of them. I thought, yeah, oh fuck yeah, Paul Newman's watch. I want one. And then of course I looked like a muppet and went, oh my god, I couldn't possibly afford one of them. Uh, but then Rolex did that re-release, the thing that you know the retro jump on that retro thing and, and reissues of previous models. And in 16, they announced at Basel World that they had the, uh, so I bought one of those and, and, and loved it and wore it and, and enjoyed it. And my wife decided that she liked it a lot too. And, I, and I'd find her wearing it. Where's my watch? And she'd, she'd be wearing my watch. I said, I like man watches, big, chunky, sporty watch. I, okay, my darling. So, you know, you do what you do and you let your wife wear your watch. So then I, I looked around and, and found um, a very nice uh, transitional GMT Pepsi on Jubilee with box and papers. Uh, that, that the guy had had and you know only wore it to bar mitzvahs and funerals and that's it and and so it was in mint condition uh, and it was an odd, odd oddball 84 transitional you know it's beautiful so i bought that and that, oh gosh when was that um some years ago around the same time as i got the um, daytona reissue anyway suffice to say i mean i love watches and and the aesthetics of watches and the emotion uh attached to them but never paid much attention to markets or uh, the shifting and flipping and the and the trading and I, mean, I don't even go on Facebook I, I, I just don't know and then I had to get it serviced and the gentleman uh, was sort of kind of um, it was he spoke to me with a with a with a combination of pity and contempt <laughs> uh, because when I picked up the watches you can see where I live and I'm you know I'm not living in a, an affluent part of Perth and he sort of said, have you got your watches insured? And I said, well, no. 
no, no, I don't. And he said, well, I strongly suggest you do. And, and then he swiveled his monitor around and indicated what they're worth at the time. And I you know, had a fit and thought, my God, uh, rang, went home and rang my insurer and discovered that I can't actually afford to wear them. If, I'm gonna, if we're going, to, to our, going about our lives uh, with the ability of telling the time by looking at our wrist, it's going to cost the equivalent of in, you know, running two of my favorite motorcycles just to own it. And so I said to Claire, this has turned into a rich guy thing and, and we can't actually, you know, you work in a, in a state school in a, in a fairly crappy part of Perth and someone's going to cave your head in with a brick for that watch. Um, my darling, I'm taking mine off and you're taking yours off. We're going to find something else to wear. And she went, oh, I see. Fair enough. Makes sense. And so very reluctantly peeled the watches off my wrist that I always wanted to have my whole life. Likewise, I can't drink the Macau and I want to drink any anymore because it's turned into a rich guy thing and I can't afford it. So I, I, for the first time, I actually thought about, I'll, I need to get a watch a purely for purpose. So I removed emotion and ego and all of those things from, from the entire equation and thought, okay, I, I need a watch I can read without my glasses on. So it needs to have big um, indices on it with, with, uh, I, I, that I can read at night. And um, I need to be able to use it in the water. And it needs to be kind of sporty, like a tool watch or a dive watch and, and um Right. So what do the military guys use? So I did research and, and discovered that the uh, Seiko movements are very strong and, and uh, robust, well-made um, and thought, OK, I, I like I like Seiko. I don't want to buy a new watch. I'd like something old with character. So I started hunting around and, and, and that's when I discovered that Seiko had done a re-release of their first 62 Mass Divers watch a few years ago. But it was an expensive piece. It's a $10,000 watch. But I love the design of it and the finish and the craftsmanship, you know, Grand Seiko level, uh, beautiful. Can't, can't, can't go there. Um, so I thought, well, hell, so I'll, maybe I'll find an old one. And then I found um, uh, they were expensive too. And often, um, you know, you can't really trust it, it, all the parts are there because, you know, it's just a bit hectic. Yeah. Uh, and then I sat down and, and watched, you know, you revisit films that you watched when you were growing. Great Escape's one of them, you know. I love The Great Escape. Purely for the for the homoerotic dialogue that goes on between James Garner and, and Werner, the slightly gay German <laughs> German guard. You know those scenes, he's in his roll-top RAF jumper and he's, he's leaning against the billet and he's going, he's kind of looking at Werner in that, in that cheeky way, talking about real Dutch chocolate, you know, you know. Step into my boudoir, Werner. I've got a Swiss Army knife in my mattress. You know, it's like that. I, I love it. It's fucking hilarious. So I, I watched um, uh, Apocalypse Now, and I suddenly noticed Martin Sheen's timepiece, and thought that's cool, and uh, and started digging around looking for um, an original uh, Captain Willard. But they've become a thing, uh, and they were expensive. And then I found that that uh, a few months earlier, they'd released the uh, the second. Uh, you know the re-release of the Captain Willard. So I started calling Seiko watch shops in Perth, and and uh, and they just laughed at me and went, oh, "They're all gone." And so you know, I rang a lot, maybe six, and then I thought, "Well, no, I need to ring their head office." And I rang uh, Seiko's head office. It was in Sydney, and I spoke to this lovely guy. I can't remember his name, uh, and I, I'm a I'm a talker, obviously. And we start we start this conversation. This kind of weird roundabout chat and uh would you wouldn't you believe it he knows my books and he says to me actually there is one it's sitting in the safe i'll whack it up on the system 
stay on the phone. As soon as it pops up, click on it and buy it. And um, mm-hmm. sure enough, bang, it popped up and I, I purchased it. And uh, two days later, it arrived. I don't even get that kind of service at work. And I, I worked for the company. <laughs> oh, I, well, this guy was just charming. And he, there was a beautiful diary and a pen and the watch. And really? it was amazing. And I rang him up and thanked him and said, What's your I name again? <laughs> it was, oh God, I'm so, so embarrassed that I forgot his name. It was just lovely. But, but, but there you are. He was. Um... It's good that there's still watches like that because it kind of ruins it a bit when things get too expensive, when you're scared to wear them or they're too expensive to wear. It kind of fucks up a bit that you can't wear the dream watch that you wanted to wear. I think there should be like a, a kind of hard limit of five grand or something for any mass produced watch. <laughs> Doesn't matter what kind of Rolex it is, as long as it's not precious metal, it should not be more than five grand. Same for any kind of old Omegas, just five grand. Because then people get to wear them and enjoy them, and they're not just sitting in safes <laughs> or. Yeah. Yeah, exa- exactly. I was I was heartbroken that my memories of those Rolexes now are just fucking ghostly and ethereal. Whereas this Seiko is hard, like Japanese steel. It's, it's, it's. I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy to wear it. If it gets dinged, it gets dinged. You know, it's, it's. Um, yeah, delighted with this watch. I, I, I shall wear this um, forever. Cool story. I don't know how you got it because no one else would have been able to. You're lucky that the guy had heard of you, probably. Otherwise, well, hurt more than heard of you. Obviously, the cool watch though, I must say. Oh, I'm jealous. Rob, I'm reaching for a caliper to measure the lug width. Oh, no, no, what it is, I looked it up. It's 19. You got oh, okay, one, of my, right. one of my new straps will fit on it. And if it doesn't, well, it's either 20 or 19. I'm pretty sure it's a 19 mil. Where's, where's my it? 19 mil strap? You haven't given me a dress yet, have you? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Muppet. Okay, yeah. Otherwise, I would have sent it. I'm just waiting for your dress. And I'm going to say all these Geneva Blue straps are just sitting here waiting to be but sent you said, out. You're like, you're like, give me your address. I was like, okay, I'll do it when I get home. And he said, but actually, no, 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 don't. Just you can only email it to me because then I can just print it straight <laughs> off onto a sticky label. I don't want, yeah, don't text me. Or like, I don't want too much, too you much. Want me to work? Yeah. No, I just want the address, okay? And then send I'll send me you a stamped your, your address strap. envelope. Exactly. And I'll just. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah. Okay. Because the strap's right here. It's waiting. I have Paul's actually. I was supposed to take it down. I saw Paul last night with a bunch of guys, and I had it, and I was going to take it, but I forgot. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's all right, Rob. You waited two years for a book, mate. Well, <laughs> the very last one I did, I was hassling Paul. I said, Where's the last book? You bloody, I haven't got the book. Uh, anyway, finally, finally got it. But um, yeah. Of course, I grabbed a pen in the workshop to write something suitably obscene inside the jacket to dedicate the book to Rob and got halfway through the worst of the bad language and the pen ran out of ink. Uh, <laughs> I just hate that. That was all the time when you're trying to dedicate a book. I hate it. <laughs> he says in the workshop because there's a bunch of guys and we get together and they, we, we work on bikes and stuff. It's kind of fun. Earth, Homemade wind, and welding fire job. people, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, what are they called? <laughs> our, mate, our mate, friend, fire and time, fire and time. Um, that was it. Yeah, yeah. looking up on, looking up on them. Yeah, close. Yeah, 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 pretty yeah. close. Uh, anyway, anyway, he did. His strap's still sitting here, right? I can. I'm looking at it right now, and he hasn't got it. But I was going to put on his Captain Willard, but because uh, I haven't had 19 millimeter straps up until now. But now Geneva Blues. <laughs> Has 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22 millimeter straps. Yay! Come and have a look. Yay! <laughs> Hurrah! <laughs> so, so this workshop you go to, is this like a little kind of gang hut type thing? Can't tell you. Can't tell you. It's a secret. I'm not killing enough Sorry. to get to get in. Okay, fair enough. No, it's, no, no. It's, no. A, it's a proper, it's a man cave run a by, by, a, mm-hmm. by, a, by a wild ass 
<laughs> he he just he'll just announce himself. I'm a boilermaker, but he's not just a boilermaker. He's a lot more yeah. than a boilermaker. It's nothing. We're not building a bomb or anything. We're we're, we're building motorbikes and creating art and um and it's, it's fire it's, grate. <laughs> it, yeah, you made a lovely fire grate, Rob. <laughs> so it's like Rob's contribution to the project. Yeah, it's 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 just a nice space to be in, and it's it, lots of projects going on. Yeah, it's mm. a lot of fun. It's just good fun. Do you drink? Shout out here? to Troy if he if he's, he listens to this. Heavily, yes. Okay, that's fine. So there's no health and safety regulations or anything. Are you serious? Okay, I'm chopping up metal bars with no goggle, goggles, nothing, grinding stuff, sparks flying everywhere. We anyway, we shouldn't be saying that because we'll have the inspectors around next. Oh wait, check I think they're probably going to come around for the "we're not building a bomb" statement. I think that's probably going to get people around. <laughs> we're dead, just for the record. We're definitely not building a bomb. Yeah, we're definitely not. Definitely building not. A bomb. Yes. And they'll come round and stand there. It'll be like a Monty Python. What's that ticking? Ticking, ticking. <laughs> what are you wearing, Alex? I mean, on your wrist. I've are you got, wearing something? Yeah, Speedmaster. 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 Yeah. No, no one four five zero two two. Speedmaster. Why you just made that up? What do you mean one four five zero two two? It's the only one I can actually remember reference. The, the reference of. Alex, well, are you, are you um, a master of speed? Um, no, what no, sort of definitely speed? not. No. Do you, do you time yourself doing things with your Speedmaster? Oh yeah. I mean, obviously like, uh, how long it takes me to do a shit at work. Um, <laughs> like as long Drinking as for 12 minutes, nobody comes looking for me. Uh, is that a tachymetric scale thing? It is actually, I was doing this training course today, which was quite insulting and we were going over the different types of bezels and we're talking about the, the, the tachymeters and I was saying I'd actually used it before. And I don't think anyone believed me that I had actually used it before to, to work out the speed between two points, but yeah, tachymeter. Um, what had you used it for? I mean, speed of what walking between two bus stops or what? what no, it was what? when I was down in Tasmania and I'd actually been done for speeding and Ooh. I argued with the police officer, about how recently his gun had been calibrated and questioned whether the car I was in, which belonged <laughs> to my ex-girlfriend, was capable of doing the speeds he said I was doing. But he said um, that there was a, a, a mile marker or a kilometer marker a little bit back in the, right. in the motorway. So then once I found that out, once I realized that yeah. was there, every time I went back through that point, I would always <laughs> activate my, my chronograph like a total <laughs> loser. <laughs> like, yes. Uh 90 Paul's been there. Paul's been had a speeding infringement in Tasmania too. Have you? Have you not? Oh, oh yes, yes, yeah, I, I, I remember reading that in a book. Yeah, was this on a motorbike though, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. I got I got pinged um, a couple of times in in Tassie, and <laughs> nice uh, place, I didn't though. didn't argue with the with the policeman. I just yep, yeah, absolutely, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. I know I know what speed I was going at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, have a lovely day. Yeah, you too. <laughs> <laughs> if you get done on the bike, don't you just like fly away and they, they can't catch you? Isn't that what? No, no, no. That's that's no, no. Muppets do that, and then they that's the that's that's the guy that hits the semi trailer full of fucking bridge parts coming the other way. Actually, I worked with a guy in Tassie who did that, and then he he did lose the police, and then he drove home later on. They were just like sitting in his driveway waiting for him, and he actually ended up doing jail time. There you go. Yeah. So that's no, nice. I, I never do that. No, no, never do that. Yeah. Silly, and we're definitely silly. not building a bomb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
I used to do that. Um, I used to what? have them follow me over Harbour Bridge, not build bombs. Okay. <laughs> I'll wait till they'd follow you and then you just take off over the Harbour Bridge. I live just north of the Harbour Bridge in Sydney and there's a little, and then an off road and then a little a main road with a little kink in it. And you go in the kink and then my flat was just on the side. And I'd hook around the back and they'd come around that kink and just keep going and think I was over the hill and gone. Is this in your best one? Back, back in the day. <laughs> Like how shit with their police cars they couldn't keep up with you in the Vespa. <laughs> Government funding is just rock They're bottom in this country. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I think even in segways, I think we could probably still keep up. But uh, uh I'm talking about pop-up bikes. Anyway, we're moving on. Hang on a minute. I just want to go back and just revisit the fact that Rob can wheel stand his Vespa. <laughs> what's I've watched idiot. him do it. What's up? Wheel really? A wheelie. What's a, what's a, a wheel wheelie? stand? Yeah, I've never had enough wheel stand. It's too much power. Mono, pop a mono. I'll pop, okay, wheelie. wheelie, I know a wheelie. I don't know a wheel stand. I don't know a mono mm, okay. now, being in this tree. You could do a wheelie on your Vespa. Yeah, apparently. Apparently. Intentionally? <laughs> it's got too much power. I can't handle it. It's just... Well, stop being <laughs> modest. You, you pulled a wheelie at Leaderville on Oxford Street. Back wheel. <laughs> Off he goes. That, that's up with building bombs. You, you put that big box on the back of your Vespa. And it was over yes. on the back. Is it something to do with that? No. With that office no. chair? No, 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 no. It's, no, it's full of so. straps. It's full of 17 <laughs> mil straps. And definitely not bomb parts. Right. Not bomb no, parts. No, no bomb parts involved. No, no. It goes like a bomb though. It's boom, that <laughs> I'm telling you, that thing's great. People laugh, but does the job. Too much power. Can't handle it sometimes. <laughs> okay. What what should anyway. you got on Rob? Jesus Christ. Oh, I thought you'd never ask. I've got my um my, 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 my citizen that my grandma gave me, my 39-year-old citizen, just because I know Paul likes old stuff. I know you like old stuff. I don't think I've ever had this on the podcast before. I did a YouTube about it a while back. Yeah, the one that it. you pried the, you tried to pry the movement Exactly. Out. I tried to pry the movement out before yeah. I knew anything about movements, and I bent the stem. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, bro. Yeah, it's okay. I fixed it when I become a watchmaker. Um, <laughs> um, but it's a beautiful watch. It's got a really, really cool aquamarine-type dial. It's a little citizen, you know. And it's, you know, my grandmother gave these to all of her grandkids when they were turned 12. So she had stacks up, but there's at least 40 of us. Um, I don't know how she actually kept up really, but yeah, my brother had one a couple of years before, my big brother. And then I, yeah, I thought I was quite jealous, but then mine came and it was the same, but a nicer dial. And I thought, yes, jackpot. And I don't know how I've still got it, to be honest, after all the moving. I think I just stayed at my mum and dad's place for, for years and years. Uh, it's a little manual wind citizen, probably 34, 35 mil, something like that. I've got the box, the original box that came in, everything. It's, it's great. So I keep it for my kids, basically. I give it a little service and it's running perfectly to uh, plus or minus one second a day. Is Citizen like Datsun is to Toyota? Yeah, well, yeah. What do you mean? To, to, to what? To Seiko or something? Is it like the Godzilla to, to Tokyo? I, is, is the, you know, it's, 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 it's very, very, um, it's kind of similar to, to Seiko. They're just not as well known, I guess, but um, it's just a beta basically, yes. But they're very, they have a very strong foothold in rural Australia, I, I guess. Well, that's why they would have been belt. from that in the middle. You wheat mentioned belt the wheat exactly. belt in a while. Yeah, the wheat belt. You can take the boy out of the wheat belt. And but all and a lot of tight little shops all over Australia. There's just thousands and thousands of shops in Australia that have citizen, and it's just a little beta, you know. Um, they should use that in their marketing as 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 what makes the watch tough. Being a, being a beta. because it's worn by wheat belt, proper yeah, exactly. old school, you know. True blue, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's you wear you get one watch when I'm dead, yeah. and, and you wear it, and and it's, yeah. yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, true. True. Um, it's the first brand I ever knew about. And I, it's for, I knew brand I knew about for years and years until I probably got to high school, I suppose. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a tough watch. Tell us a bit about your, 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 your drilling. I mean, yeah, your, your oil rig experience. I mean, we're going to run out of time here. If it drops out, don't worry. We'll, we'll come back on later. You want me to talk about drilling? Yeah. Give us a bit it's of like, a... It's like fly kicking your grandmother, Rob. You, you should only do it once. <laughs> okay. I'll keep that in mind. I, I think I'm, I think it's my drilling time's past, but um, what about some of that stuff you did up in, um, what was it called in, uh, in, in, in Southeast Asia? The jungle? <laughs> the jungle. You know, in the jungle. <laughs> the <laughs> That's jungle. my favourite part. This is obviously a very sketchy story, but yeah, what did you do in the jungle? Oh. Everyone I could. Um, <laughs> the jungle. Oh God, Rob, man, the jungle. Um, I've soaked up enough jungle to last me a fucking lifetime. I had a romantic idea of the jungle, uh, but then I got there. <laughs> There's nothing romantic about it. Yeah. <laughs> I spent three years in, in, uh, Brun in Brunei on the island oh, of Borneo. And we had a lot of fun. The, the jungle was fun. Uh, towards the end of my three year stint, I must admit, you, you tend to fiddle with your sanity a bit towards the end because you're uh, capitulated from the Western world and all the white noise is removed. So you either embrace it or it fucking breaks you. So okay. towards the end, I got to the stage where I was kind of, you know, sitting around with my grandma's panties on my head, reading copies of Guns and Ammo and, and you know, rocking to and fro a little bit. But the first two years was fun. When was it? When did you have the monkey, the pet monkey? Joe. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we got a, we got a. Uh... Was that a boy's name or a girl's name? Was it short for Joseph or Joanna? No, it was. He was a boy monkey. We we knew this because he could smoke, drink, and <laughs> masturbate with his foot all at the same time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a skill set, man. Role model. Yeah, he could he could go uh, forehand, backhand. This is with his foot. He has an opposing thumb on his foot. Um, we didn't encourage him to smoke or drink, but they, you know, we got him to, <laughs> but masturbate. Yeah, <laughs> we encouraged them. By God, we encouraged them to masturbate. Finish your masturbation, you can have another cigarette. <laughs> we were constantly putting out little spot fires because he couldn't light a cigarette. But if anybody did within thirty feet of him, he'd steal a cigarette and go and perch somewhere. And we'd be trying to grab him, but you're not going to catch a spider monkey that doesn't want to be caught and he wants to punch it hard in peace. And he, he had—it was awful. He then he'd flick the butt, and we'd be put. There were fire extinguishers all over the staff house, so we could put these spot fires out. That Joe was starting with his butts. Mirrors, mirrors were also an endless source of amusement because. Uh, he's not a higher primate, so he walked past the only mirror in 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 the staff house, which was in the in the bathroom, and um, and he'd do that sort of double take and go fucking. There's another monkey in the wall, and and it would go on for half an hour. Um, so mirror, this is before the internet ruined everything. When when men made their own humour and told stories and 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 amused themselves by making things and hurting themselves and instead of just you know sitting in front of a screen. What happened um, to Joe? A, well, Joe. Um, it's kind of a sad. I shouldn't laugh, but it's... The, 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 the Joe was acquired on a trip uh, to our Derrickman's house, who was an Iban uh, over the border in Miri in Malaysia. And he lived in a, a long house, uh, which is which is like a big straw thatch hut in the jungle. And his boys would go out hunting uh, with blowguns, and they killed uh, a female, mature female macaque, who was nursing Joe and brought her body uh, back to the house and she was skinned and eaten. And uh, Joe was stuffed, stuffed into a bamboo birdcage. 
and uh, I was there with with my boss Erwin and uh, who's got a fearsome reputation uh, and he's a hard guy uh, but it broke his heart and he said to Ambu can I <laughs> can I have the monkey and Ambu said yeah do what you want with him so we go back to the staff house which involved a trip down the Belike River all the way back to, to Koala Belike where we, where we had our staff house. And he walks in and there's a drill crew sitting there and they go, what are you doing with that? If this is a thing big enough to fit in the palm of your hand. Just a little bag of bones, way too young to be away from his mum. Or smoking. And they laughed, they laughed at him and said, just break its neck, man. Throw it down the toilet, you know, and he didn't do that. He drove uh, to the other side of the country to the veterinary hospital. And he came back with six months of, of, you know, monkey baby formula and a little bottle. And he, he made up a little sling thing. And you, so you've got this, you know, senior guy on the drill crew nursing this infant monkey. And uh, Joe, that's how Joe grew up. He grew up in an oil and gas staff house in the jungle. And, that, and this is when I discovered that the monkey picks the man, not the other way around. So he decided he liked me. And, and uh, for three years, I had this monkey around my, my neck. And it was fun. Up until he hit monkey puberty and was just spanking himself constantly, and and we had a we had a satellite dish on the roof. Occasionally, it would pick up aerobics Oz style, which would just send him into this masturbatory frenzy, and and it was yeah, pretty pretty bad. And he died violently. Uh, he uh, he got blown up. I did it. It was my fault. Blew Sad stuff. He got blown up, Alex. He got blown up. Explode. Oh, sorry. You got to read the book, Alex. <laughs> it's a long story, Alex. It broke my heart. On one occasion, we were sat around and uh, playing cards and, and drinking. And one of the guys put his, his cards down on the table and he, he's staring through the smoke at, at Joe, who's kind of sat there looking at him and just announced, do you think, uh, do you think he can suck his own cock? <laughs> and, and we all kind of went, oh, I don't know. One guy got up without saying anything, went into the kitchen and came out with a jar of honey. Oh, and he said, <laughs> He took the lid off the honey and stuck his finger in the honey and his index finger. And he walked up to Joe, who's watching his finger as it went down towards his genital area. And he just went Boop, and put a little pixie shoe on the end of his bell end. And, and Joe just immediately went and got the meat and two veg in there, the whole, the whole package. And we all went, damn, he could totally woo nimble bendy little man and, and that was it for the for the next year anybody that came into the staff house this jar of honey would fly through the air and land and, and joe would be there tackle out ready to ready for his honey treat which is well i know i'm saying that well at least he had a good life that's he had a great time yeah thing. well let's face it if we could do that we'd all be having a great time yeah i don't like honey that much but uh, <laughs> like maple syrup or something yeah. <laughs> oh dear <clears throat> Good. Well, I can't um, use any of that story, but <laughs> you got to edit all that out. You have to no, no, of course story. I'm not going to edit that. It's too good. Right, we're getting off the subject of watches here, but who cares? Who cares? We can do whatever we like. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, forget the watches. Okay, tell us about your art, or just a bit of a bit of an idea. I don't know. <laughs> just wing it through the, through the medium of sound. Yeah, I know it's hard. <laughs> Listen, we don't tell you how to do art. Don't tell us how to do podcasts, okay? Fair enough, Alex. We know what we're doing here. If we can do if we're able to picture a monkey sucking itself off, we can we can picture your art. You've been on doing that for a while. Um, what are we? How long have we been going here for? Alex, I can no clue. Know. It's not. Do you drop out? I'm looking at the art just now. It's very cool. It's very cool. I'm not very, enough very nudity, cool but it's... I'm working on that, Alex. Okay. 
Yeah. He's, he's got his missus and kids in the house. I mean, he's got to find it's another art, studio. Though. You're supposed to be able to it's do art, it. Man. Yeah. yeah, that's true. True, true. Yeah. Uh, I've been painting cadavers lately. Yeah, naked ones? Well, it's more than naked, skinless, eviscerated cadavers, to be precise. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think one of, my, one of my favorite pieces, actually, was that big the candle made out of uh, matchbox books, matchbooks from whorehouses. How did that work again? What was that? Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, okay, we need to clarify that. Um, Do we? My... <laughs> It's it's a it's a collage piece of 1980s strip club book matches, 2,658 of them collaged into a giant burning match. Yeah, that's brilliant. I saw a photo. I found a photo somewhere on the web, but I don't know where. But it was it's a really 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 cool piece. That wasn't my favourite. So I, I wonder where it is now. Anyway, prior to court to quarantine, where did you drink in, in Perth? What's what was your kind of local haunts or go to places? I always, I always enjoy drinking at uh, Rodney's Bait and Tackle. Yes. Brilliant. Um, I've never seen you that, there. That's a go-to for me. I love Rodney's. <laughs> they got live okay, music. They, you know, the food's good. There's, yep. They do a great burger. I go there with two oil and gas, uh, one oil and gas mate and another pal. Uh, and the mm. three of us will, will meet there. And usually Zeth, he's, he's always extremely hungry uh, by the time we get to Rodney's. And and there is burger cast off. I'll go home with bits of his burger on my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a nice place to be. The music's good. The food. It is good. a good place to be. I've done if you've ever properly eaten there because I've had little snacks and stuff with drinks. But um, yeah, it's a cool place. I'd forgotten about that. Jeez. Now that now that this thing's over, I have to go back and discover all these places again. Yeah, the Rodney's Bait and Tackle. There's, they've got a boat, a boat inside. Mm-hmm. The boat, boat bar. Is the yeah, it's brilliant. Okay, uh, we'll I'll, have to take I'll, him. To- I'll take a note of that. Yeah, next time I come through, yeah, we'll go. Yeah, we're taking Alex to Rodney's Bait and Tackle. Yes, yep. We'll have to. Or Rod, uh, Alex likes uh, the the Belgian beer cafe, which is good for for, for a beer in town. It was um, only because the the that was the first place I went for a drink in Perth, and I was there mm-hmm. for about twenty minutes, and then someone <laughs> showed me her mega death tattoo on her vagina. So oh, wow. it's difficult Brilliant. to kind of um, yeah to forget your first. Megadeth tattoo that you see in a Perth bar when you've been there for 20 minutes. So, so I was always going to have a special any, place in my heart. Any genital tattoo in a bar is, is, is uh, something that you'll, you'll take away. Uh, yeah, yeah. It just it, it set like a high bar for me when I got to Perth. I was like, oh, it's just going to be like this all the time. And it wasn't. That was the, that was the one and only time. Uh, I kept on going where? back there over and over again, but special day. <laughs> where about I've never seen this. No, you haven't told me that little I story. Tell you that one. No, no, we'll have to revisit that. Okay. Anyway, we'll go there when you come back <laughs> and to Rodney's bait and tackle. Uh, how are we going for time, Alex? You're supposed to be. I don't know. <laughs> You're our timekeeper. You're the, I'm a, You're the watch I regulator. I started my chronograph. I stopped after I took a shit at work today. So <laughs> you need to I use do. the um, measure measure our time with with the with the tachymetrics with the with the bullshit over time scale on your watch. Well, funnily yeah. enough. I've been doing that. I've got a tachymetric scale on this on this two door sitting next to me as well. The old the old two door whatever it is, like the two door version of the Daytona. And I pressed that button when we started talking about it, but I have still no idea. I can't even read it. <laughs> I don't know what the. T- <laughs> I can see it's ten past a quarter past ten here. That's about it, really. And even that, you have to. 
Anyway, uh, well, we should start wrapping up because you know Paul's got to go. I mean, I've got to go to bed. That's freaking quarter past ten. I got to go to bed. What time in Melbourne? It's, it's almost midnight. No, not quite. Or, yeah, twenty past twenty past twelve. It's past midnight. Twenty past twelve. Yeah, twenty past, past twelve. That time. Yeah. You got to get up in the morning, go to work. I know. To, at at um, Daniel Wellington. Where do you work again, Daniel Wellington? Yeah. <laughs> Paul, do you have what's the best way for people to find all your um yeah non-pornographic art and details and stuff? Uh that's an excellent question. Um I've gone blank on my own website. I th- I think it's um I don't know what it is. Hang on, I had it the other day. Um it's not just Paul Carter because some of those it's paulcarterauthor.com. That's that's Instagram, right? I, I don't I don't know any I don't do the face plant and the twatter and the Instagram. You don't, I don't do it. I you're, hate it. I don't, you're screwing I, I, us I, up I, here, Paul, because we're gonna about to ask for a, no, the, a Instagram recommendation. Is Paul Carter. No, I've got that. I've got you on I'll follow you on Instagram. You it's don't, a different you Paul post. Carter. <laughs> the same bald noggin. <laughs> I, I I think so he does because... he does do it. He's just pretending. No, I don't. I, 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 no, he doesn't. My publisher doesn't insists if, if, if I need to move out of the dark ages and promote oneself, you need to have all of this shit. Uh, so, I'm, and you know, they're my publisher. So I, 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 I've got it. I don't use it. Uh, I don't really engage. Uh, very occasionally I will. I'm just... I'm, Paul you know, Carter I'm, books. Paul Carter books on Instagram. But there's nothing there. So there's no point. Really, there's like, he's done eight posts. Oh, he's got a nice picture of Sean Connery from May 2016. <laughs> Obviously, your uh, publishers are not pushing you hard enough. They did, they did back Sean. then, and, and I kept saying no, and, and, and you know, you, you, yeah, you know, I, I don't like it. I, don't, I, I just can't make that leap into, uh, you know, here's a shit I did earlier this morning. What do you guys think about it? You know, I, I, I don't care. <laughs> oh you got a nice bottle of mccallan here as well see this is yeah. exactly my problem our problem alex I, I can't i can't i don't lose self-promotion you can't i can't do it we don't care so you know who gives rob a rap is extreme. if you think i'm hard work alex rob would rather nail his genitals to a burning <laughs> building than engage and promote himself I as rob the legend uh, rob the watch so, expert what, i know oh yeah yeah sure. why yeah, do you think i'm here <laughs> trying to <laughs> that's a, anyway it's all fun fun games uh, I'll promote my straps, my Geneva Blue straps. Shut up, GenevaBlue.com.au. <laughs> I had to edit out, honestly, about an hour from the other podcast I did because everyone just promotes your straps all the what, time Michael because Woods. they think it's funny. Michael Woods, Roman, were both just <laughs> bleating on about your straps over and over and over again. I just had brilliant. to cut it all out. It was No, it was terrible. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. Okay, so we can go and follow Paul. Yeah. Um, so Paul's yeah. not going to have anyone to recommend for us to go and follow this is, okay, this is oh yes I do. I do i do i do yes of course uh troy troy sculptures oh, yeah. fire called, and time uh, fire and time exactly see there ah. you go. fire and time incorporated inc right i think that's what it is and he does some awesome stuff troy you know what i think even though there's no watches on that i think that's acceptable because he he makes stuff well, there's definitely no watches, I don't think. I'm getting him into them slowly. I've got him a loop. I've got him a few things. I'm going to take a movement over there next time. <laughs> um, but yeah, he makes stuff. He's a master maker of stuff, basically. Brilliant. Cool. Fire and Time Inc. Okay, Rob, what have you got? Here we go. Here we go. I've got one. Um, I've got... Um, um, I think we've done most of them, though. That's a problem. Oh, atelier, have I talked about Atelier... Horlogerie 13. Have we done that one before? 
what was that? What was that? What was uh, that? Sorry, actually French, but it's atelier. Yeah. This is this Hillary is names this. for guys on Instagram. Oh, shut up. This is a guy's Instagram I'm talking about here. That this is this is my main watchmaker guy in in Switzerland. He's a he's a brilliant guy. Um, XAPX bunch of brands, and he's atelier A T E L I E R um, underscore horlogerie H R R L. Oh, like, whatever you have, I'm going to say it in English. H-O-R-L-O-G-E-R-I-E underscore 13. Don't laugh. Because he did this accents all the time when you hang out, when you're at the, oh, at the workshop. Yeah, when you're at the workshop. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking French all the time. They all speak French. We're all very sophisticated. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is a guy called uh, Roman. And I think, I forget, uh, is that Roman? Or is that his but anyway, um, He's a great friend of mine. Can't remember his name. No, great guy. Roman. Of course his name's Roman. Okay, mix it up. Yeah, Roman, exactly. He's uh, in Ivadon Liban in Switzerland. <laughs> right near where I used to live. Where I used to live. And it's uh he's 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 got some really cool pictures of work uh, workshop stuff, you know, desk, I mean um bench top stuff. So go and have a look at that, basically. I don't care if you if you do or you don't. What's yours? I feel like I might have seen his page before, but yeah, I think I might. I might have. I might have talked about him already, possibly. Anyway, it's fine. I'll tick it off so we won't do it again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've got J underscore Jokamoto. J. How do you spell that? Jock. J underscore Jock. Hi. Hi, Jokamoto. Big man. (laughs) Big man. Jokamoto. Ah, so no, okay. So another another jock. Okay, fine. Let me have a look. My my phone's charging as dead, so I can't even look him up. Alexis, is he a Scottish expat living in Tokyo? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm so sad that he isn't. He's an he's That'd be an, perfect. Yeah, he's another English chap. But he's got some really cool vintage stuff. Really cool vintage stuff, actually. You're see, you're missing out on all this. Oh, I, I, not, I, I, you don't do social media. You can't see any of these cool watches. Yeah, um, he doesn't need that. He's got me to see cool watches. <laughs> oh, so you can't even look at it. Is that what you're saying, Rob? You can't find it. No, because I found it. I, I followed okay. it now. I just followed him. Just followed him. Good. Didn't know. Thank you. Good. 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 Got some cool pictures there, but then my phone went dead again. So I had to plug it okay. back in. Jesus Christ. <laughs> No, he wasn't involved. Can you promise um, for the listeners that we're going to be better organized next time? Nah. What's no? the point? They don't come for the organization. I, they come I, for laughs. I feel like I'm some kind of uh, wife that's that's been cheated on or abused or something. And every time I'm shocked when you just do the same thing to me again. And everyone's like, nah, he'll never learn. He'll never learn. He'll never change. And I'm like, no, no, no. I can change him. I can train him up. <laughs> it's going to oh, be fine. You should have stopped. You know, you, you give up. Stop, okay. really. Right, Rob, um, what's everyone got to do? Try not to fuck up this time. I haven't, I don't know. You got to go and look at, follow us on Instagram and all that stuff. Do, go Fifth Wrist, review your watch. Um, follow Fifth Wrist on Instagram. Um, look at all your, what else they got to do? I can't talk about my stuff. You told me I wasn't allowed to talk about my stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. What else? Have I, have I covered everything? I think pretty much. You can even start. I can't. Who cares? Come and join hey, our, our uh, group chat. Oh, the group chat. Group chat. Yeah. Or Slack. Email us at contact at fifthrest.com and we'll add you to the, the group chat. We're talking Ooh. up a storm now, aren't we, Rob? 
We are, we are, yes, yes. There's so everyone's there, all watchmakers, full watchmakers, yep. half watchmakers. We're all there talking about watches sometimes, <laughs> abusing each yeah, other mainly. I think that's what actually happens. Abusing, yeah. But it's their fans as well, right? Like listeners and stuff yeah. can go on there. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, anyone. Yeah. Even Paul could. Paul could, yeah. Paul could definitely, yeah. Join us. Yeah, why not? Yeah, okay. Um, Is he still there? He's got to, you got to sleep. No, I'm here. He's still here. I thought you crashed out on the couch. Well no, no, here. I'm. I'm 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 on top of my game. And well, I'd like to make tell people to go and find Paul's books because they're bloody awesome books. Thank um, you. you just start do them in order. Don't tell Mum I work on the rigs. And then this is what's not a an, drill. This is not a drill. And then is that thing diesel? And then ride like hell and you'll get ride there. Ride like hell and you'll get there. So how many Four books in total? Four. And yeah, what else do I need to do for you, Paul? Uh, buy some art, stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, send them some half decent whiskey. No, send it's okay. Whiskey. I've, I've send got him some Macallan. You're used to it now, drinking the crap. I, I got. I turned fifty last year, and I got an awful lot of gifted, um, <laughs> lovely whiskey. Uh, so I've got enough uh, single malt to keep me well plied for the next couple of years. But you got a bottle of rum from me. That Zacapata, whatever it's called, that rum we're talking oh, about. Ah, was that? Yeah. I, just finished, I just finished that the other. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I opened it Rob, on Sunday. It's very nice. No, I hope so. It's, it's Guatemalan. S- something like that. Is that where it's yeah. from? Yes. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I didn't I got a bottle 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 for myself now, or else I just go around to yours and finish yours. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a real gift. Uh, <laughs> it keeps on giving. Yeah. So are we done? Are we, are we pretty We're much done. done everything we need to talk about? Um uh, yeah. No, sorry, no. Go and go and follow Rob on Instagram, Geneva underscore oh, yeah. blue underscore. Go and check out his appalling awesome YouTube channel. <laughs> buy a, just buy a strap off him. Jesus Christ. Terrible YouTube channel. But if you it's, buy yeah. straps off him, then you wouldn't have to go on about your straps all the time. And I wouldn't have exactly. to edit it all out all the time. So if exactly. you do that, that'd be there good. You go. Well okay. done. Thank you so much, awesome. Paul, for coming on. Yeah, thanks. Oh, that's brilliant. I'm, I mean, so many great stories about the monkey. I'm not sure which one's my favorite. They're, they all We've in... only heard half of them. Yeah. Okay. What's the best? What's the best book to get for more monkey action? Oh, the, well, the first book. He uh, yeah. he I didn't survive that. into the into the second book. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm what definitely gonna get the first book. Anyway, he'll come back on again, won't you, Paul? I, I would love to. Yeah. We'll I, never I'd hear from him ever again. You don't have to lie to us, Paul. No, no. I'll be. I'm happy. <laughs> happy to 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 reengage. And, and and discuss watches and meet meet other interesting like-minded individuals. It's exactly. not a dating yes. app. <laughs> Singles in your area. <laughs> middle oh, eight inclusive shut-ins want to meet online. <laughs> yeah. On air. All right. I think okay. we're almost done. We're I don't done. just keep going on and on and on. No. So um press that. Okay. Thanks very much. What do you say? Stay on time. Stay on time, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. is by the community for the community. We would love you to join the crew via our group chat on Slack. Email us at contact at fifthwrist.com and join the movement.